this last lesson, we we need to grow. Okay, we need to grow in our lives. Because now that we know who we are, we are born of the Spirit of God, we are the sons of God, but yet our life is not where we should be. Okay, we got to continue to grow into Christ, being deeply rooted into Christ. And, and one of the reasons why we need to grow is this, because God's plan, God has a plan for each one of His children. And His plan is so big, much greater, much bigger than you think of the life that you want to live. Because the Bible tells us that God has prepared for those who love Him. You know, He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what I have prepared for those who love me. Okay, so God has a great plan. But the thing is, do we have the life to match the plan of God that, that God has for us? It's just our children, you know. Hey, we as fathers, we may have great plans for our children. But when they are young, they don't have the life to inherit what we have yet. So they need to grow. So same thing in a spirit in, in our spiritual life. Now that we know who we are, we know that God has a great plan. We need to grow. Okay? So personal growth begins with our attitude. Begins with our attitude. We have the right attitude, then we can be trained. But if we have a lot of skills, a lot of talents, but if we don't have the right attitude, you know, we, we cannot be trained. Okay? You will not be able to go where you can go in life if you have the wrong attitude. So people with the wrong attitude, what do they do? They play the blame game. Okay? They justify themselves. They defense. They argue. They blame someone else. But if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, you allow people to be harsh. You know, on you in a sense that they will not let you go. They will not let you get away with it. Then that's the time you will have to face yourself. You know how many of us, because people just let us go. They just say, oh, so and so is like that. I'm used to him already. That's the way he talks. We, we let him get away with it. So the person never grow in that area, in, you know, maybe in, in the way he communicates. Because we, we let him get away. But if we really want to grow, we need people, you know, who are tough on us, who will confront us in our attitude, in the manner, how we carry ourselves, so that we become self-aware. Okay? That's the key to grow. If you are not, you are not aware of yourself, you are not aware of your bad attitude, you are not aware of how you react and handle things, how do you change? 
You can't. Okay? So first of all, you've got to be aware of where you are now. Oh, that's the way I am. But that's not good. I shouldn't react like that. My attitude is bad. Okay? You are aware of your situation. But people with bad attitude, you know what they do? They see that, huh, is that person saying this thing? Is that person doing that? Is that person this and that? They play the blame game. If you do that, you don't grow in life. You know, this tactic, you know, is as old as Eve and Adam. After they sin, the blame game. But we don't want to be like that because we know who we are. We know God has good, great plans for us. We cannot afford to stay where we are. Because we're not going to inherit what God has prepared for us. So we need to grow so that we have a life that will match God's plan. Okay, so uh, let's, let's have good attitudes because attitude would actually determines our success in life. So when we change our attitude, we change our behavior. As simple as that. You change your attitude, your behavior will change. Jesus, our example, how we should live. Jesus, the Lord Jesus has tremendous attitude as far as growth is concerned. You know, in Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, once he realized who he is, he begins to take responsibility over his life, how he should grow his life to match the plan that God the Father has for him. Luke chapter 2. Verse 49. He said, Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? In another version, he said, Didn't you know I have to be about my father's business? That was the, the, the time when Jesus realized that he is the Son of God at age 12. He take responsibility over how he grew his life to match the plan that the Father has for him. Okay? So he said, Priority for personal growth. He stayed back in Jerusalem. He take initiative for his personal development. He's not passive. He's not just waiting for things to happen. He take responsibility for his personal growth. And in order, for, for us to grow, it's very important you have to be in the right place associated with the right people to grow your life. Let me say that again. In order for your life to grow, you have to be in the right place, associated with the right people in order to grow. Because whether you like it or not, people influence us. You know, if you say, oh, you know, I know where I stand, I can take it, you know, I just go with them, I'm all right. You are a fool. You're lying to yourself. Because the Bible tells, tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Let's look at it. Because you cannot be greater than the scripture. 
you know, especially with a teenager, parents talk to them. Some of us, maybe we are not teenager, but inside there is still a little child that is still growing. Okay, so we behave like teenager. 318. Uh, sorry, this is uh, this is not 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 the verse. Uh, Second Corinthians, am I right? Three eighteen. Okay, that's not the verse I want. Ah, it's First Corinthians. Sorry, First Corinthians three eighteen. Do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standard of this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. Okay, uh, again, uh, that is... uh, Let's look at another verse. In Proverbs 13. Okay, let's look at Proverbs 13. Sorry about that. I, I missed out one verse. Proverbs 13. Verse 20. Um, Proverbs 13. Verse 20. Okay. He who walks with the wise grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Okay. So the scripture is clear. You know, if you walk with the type of person, you mix with the type of person, then you're going to be influenced by them. You're going to be affected by them. Right? Somehow, their value system, their way of behavior begins to affect you. And you become, you know, influenced by them. In certain type of environment, we behave in a certain way. Because the atmosphere, the environment affects us. Okay? So that's why there are certain places we, we don't go there. Jesus went because Jesus knew who he, he was and he was there on mission. Unless you're sure about yourself and you are on mission, you know, there are certain place or certain invitation we have to decline. Okay? So Jesus went into the temple. He was in the right place because he wanted to learn the knowledge, you know, from the scripture. And he was associated with the right people because there is, they are the experts, the teachers of the Lord, those who are specialized in those areas. So you see, whichever area you want to grow, you've got to associate with the right kind of people. Some people are negative. Right? You know, you, you cannot spend too much time talking with them because that sort of negative thing will, will disrupt into your life, sooner or later, you, you find yourself talking the same thing, in, in the same manner. So you got to check the person, you know, stop it, and, and, so that uh, you're not listening to all that sort of negative talk all the time, and so that you're affected uh, by it. Okay? And uh, I, I taught the youth that we create the environment. Okay? We create certain environment. I told, told the youth in our youth meeting, we create the environment of excitement, of power, you know, 
by, by the way we, we carry our service. You know? Okay, so you've got to be associated with the right people. And, and it's amazing, you know, if you, if you read those uh, motivational books, they talk about the same thing. Association. Right? Okay, and then Jesus opens up himself. He plead his ignorance at that age and he asked question, he answered question in in the in a temple. And some of us were so scared that people discover that we don't know. And so we keep quiet, we hide behind. Uh, and, and so that people wouldn't find us that we we are ignorant. And uh, you see, we, we never grow, we, we dare not acknowledge and open up ourselves. So Jesus was so eager to learn. He was willing to learn. He was willing to listen. And then ask questions. Some of us, we are so quick to talk. We don't allow people to answer us. And we just cut them off. We just switch off. We just don't listen. Because we think we are right. But Jesus, you know, those guys who talk to him, obviously they are not very nice people. We know later on how Jesus stood up against them. You know, uh, and uh, against their hypocrisy and so on. So, but still, Jesus listened to them. He allowed them to talk. He asked questions. He learned from them. So he actively applied his mind to understand. You know, he stretched his mind to understanding. And uh, in this day and age, a lot of people, once they left school, you know, they hardly read any books. They hardly read things that will stretch their mind, that will grow, you know, in their perception of things, that will help them and feed them, feed their mind, so that your, your mind is alert, your mind is active, so that you have knowledge inside, you have wisdom inside. So that when you talk, when you share, there are substance. You know, some people, they just remain at that level. What they say is the same thing. One year, two years, three years, is the same thing. I hope you don't find me that way. I believe I'm not that. I believe you're, you're listening. You, you realize, I keep talking about, you know, new things. Not that we're trying to, for the sake of finding new things. But what I'm saying is, we need to grow. I need to grow. I need to read up. Okay, I need to stretch my mind so that I have more to share with you. I don't just keep sharing the same old thing to you. Okay, so, so you know, to, to grow, we really need to put in the effort, okay? And, and we cannot afford not to grow because of the great plan that God has for us. And then Jesus, in his growing years, he submits to authority. He learned wisdom. He grew in wisdoms. Right? He submit to authority. He know the season of life that he's in. And it's very important that we understand our season. Okay? We go through different seasons of life. Their season, we just learn. Their season, we submit to people. 
There are seasons that we probably need to rise up and find our own footing. Right? Different season we go through. Jesus knew at this season in life, he has to submit to the mother or, and the father. Even though they don't know much. Even though they don't understand. They should know, but they don't. They sometimes we feel justified because we think that we know more. We think that we, we, you know, we are better off than the people who are over us. But you have to ask yourself, is this the right season? For you to stand on your two feet. But when it is your right season to stand on your own, you got to stand. Right? So you got to know the season of life so that you know when to submit, when to do what. Okay? And, 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 and for the, eight, the next 18 years, as I, as I look into the life of Jesus, I felt that that's the most difficult part, the 18 years. Because at age 12, he was very eager to get into the battlefield. But then he has to be sent back to his home. And for the next 18 years, nothing happened. He just grew in wisdom and, and, and in favor of God. And man, he just growing. And not, not doing anything. You know? And so that 18 years, I believe, is, is not that easy. But he learned. He learned to submit. He learned. Okay, right, so the importance of growing into maturity. I'm not talking about growing old. Growing old doesn't mean that we grow into maturity because sometimes some old people can be pretty childless, uh, childish. Okay, so I'm talking about growing into maturity. Okay, because it's only when we grow into maturity we enter into the fullness that the Father has for us. You know, Jesus at age 12, well, he's, he, he definitely hasn't grown into to maturity yet. And that's why he, he did not heal the sick. He did not cast out demons. He, he did not even preach, even though he has, he's growing in knowledge and so on. You know, he did not do a lot of things because he hasn't grown into maturity yet. He's, he's not able to take on the job, the responsibility that the Father has for him, right? And, and enter into the privilege and the blessing that the Father has for him. He's not ready. So we need to grow into maturity. And, and, and the Bible in Galatians 4, verse 1 to 5. Galatians 4, verse 1 to 5. He said, what I'm saying is this. Is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardian and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we are children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Okay? So, the time that we enter into the full rights of sonship is maturity. You know why we're still young? As a child, he said, we're no different. As slaves, we're still being watched over. We're still being uh, uh, disciplined and, and, and so on. Okay, so that's why we cannot afford not to grow in our personal life. 
And also, it's only in maturity that we are able to fully reveal the Father. It's in maturity that we are able to fully reveal the Father. As a child, you know, a lot of times we do not understand the heart of the Father. You look at your, our teenage children, when they are not in full maturity yet, they don't know sometimes the hearts of the mother and the father when we talk to them, when we try and uh, admonish them and, and, you know, they come back and say, why? And so on. And they don't like what we tell them, you know, even though we, we explain to them. Okay, so, so it's only when we are in maturity that we understand. We understand what it is. And then we talk the same language as them to our children. You see? So it's in maturity that we are able to reveal the fullness of the Father. So to grow from infancy to you know, child and teenage and so on, it's a process. Is a process. We go through a process of what we call the growing pain. You have to face difficult situation, difficult uh, certain situation, failures, and so on. So the key is we learn. We learn from every failure, every experiences, and that's how we grow. But we don't focus on our problem. We just keep growing and grow out of our problem. That's the key. You grow out of your problem. You're not focusing on your problem, trying to solve your problem. No, you don't focus on your problem. You keep focusing on a goal and you will grow out of your problem. The Bible says, you know, when we are mature, we put away childish things. When we behave as a child, it's because we're still in that age, in our development. We're still a child. So we still hang on to those childish ways and childish things and childish, you know, uh, uh, temperament and so on. Right? But when we grow into maturity, we put our childish things. So you grow out of. So the key is keep growing. And keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. And then you realize some of the problems just drop. They're not there anymore. Right? But when you keep focusing on the problem, the problem persists. Because they dominate your mind and your heart. So a mature lifestyle is a purposeful living lifestyle, okay? You're mature. You have responsibility. So you live life purposefully. Purposefully. Because now you have responsibility. You know, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. You have a purpose in life. You see, when we're young, maybe we don't know our purpose. We're still grouping in the dark. We're still finding our way, finding our purpose. But when we reach maturity, there's a time we realize, hey, you know, I'm made for this. That's how I should live my life. You know, I'm born for that. 
So you have a purpose. You have a goal. And then we grow in relationship with God and with men. We grow in relationship. Mature people, they know how to relate with people. And even with God. I think we need to know how to relate with God because it's talk about growing in relationship, in favor with God and with men. Okay, so when we look into our relationship with God, has we grown? Oh, we just carry on and, and, and we never, re- never know any difference. We just go to church and that's it, come home, go to church, come home. You know, but have we grown in our relationship? Has your faith in God, you know, grew? Are you able to take on more responsibility in the kingdom of God? Now, these are signs of growth, isn't it? Right? But some of us, we just in and out of church, in and out of church, but actually we have no growth. We just live a religious life. But we see that Jesus grow in his relationship with God. He grow in favor with God and in favor with man. And so I hope during this series of studies, we are able to, to evaluate our growth. You know, have I, uh, am I still hold, holding on to the old image that I have, struggling, you know, in that low self-esteem that I have learned in my growing up years? Have I grow out of it in a sense that now I know who I am? Now I know my worth in Christ Jesus. Now I know how to live. Okay? So, fullness comes when we grow, when we grow into maturity. Fullness comes when we break through in our mind. When we break through in our mind. There's a paradigm shift in our mind. We now know God's heart. Okay, the Bible tells us that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. You know, so if we want to enter into what God has, our previous mindset definitely has got to change. You know, that small mindset that we have, it doesn't match with the great plans that God has. And so, unless there is a shift in that mindset, change in that mindset, we cannot enter into the the great things that God has for us. You know, we we mentioned that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you have a small mindset, you will do small things. Right? And God has great plans for us. So we have to have a great mindset so that we can do the great things that God has for us. So our mind has got to be renewed. You know, to change our mindset, it doesn't take place overnight. Again, it's a growing process. It's a renewing process. Renewing process. Romans 12. 
we can have burst of growth, but but it's still a process, right? It's still a process. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, until your mind is changed, if you still have the values of this world, the pattern of this world, how you base your self-worth on, on the external things, on, you, on what people say, and so on and so on, then you're going to react in a negative way. When people talk to you about your problem, when people deal with you, you're going to react negatively because you, you still hold on to the basic principle of this world, the values of this world. You base your self-worth on people's opinion and people are saying, no, no, you shouldn't do this. This is, you're wrong. You see, you can't take it. Right? Unless your mind is being renewed, then you will not be transformed. You know, as our mind is being renewed, and then we will be able to test what is His good and pleasing and perfect will. Then we know, okay, right, you're right. You know, I accept. This is, this is my problem. You see, because you, your mind begins to change. You realize your self-worth is not depending on, your, on, on people's opinion, depending on your performance and so on. And now this thing, what people say is true. Okay, I, I talked to somebody uh, just, in fact, two days ago, three days ago. You know, because this thing keep repeating in, 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 in how people interact with people, you know, and they're not happy, they have relational problems. What they do is they pinpoint certain things about the other person. Right? And they keep looking at that point and keep accusing and keep saying, you know, how wrong that person is. They miss the whole story. You know, they miss the whole point that God is dealing with them, you know, in all these other areas. They refuse to acknowledge. They just keep pinpointing someone else's fault. You know, this childish mindset will not lead you into maturity. But if you're able to look at a big picture, you know, maybe at this point, the person may not be correct. Well, maybe the person is a fault. But as you look at the whole picture, you begin to see why God allowed this thing to happen. You know, through the mistakes of someone else, He's using it to help you to learn so that you will grow in your own life. You know, I, I mentioned about... Uh, uh, whose wife is that Leah? Uh, Jacob, right? Is that Jacob's wife? No. Uh, Leah and Rachel. They were competing with one another, you know, about giving birth to children and so on, have their, their, their mates to help them and so on. You know, but out of that mistake come the 12 tribes of Israel. God is a redeeming God. God is a redeeming God. That's why he's able to say all things work together for good for those who love God. And I call according to his purpose. Because he's a redeeming God. And that's why we, it's not our job to accuse 
and judge another person and not seeing the whole picture and begins to, to learn what God has for us. Okay, so it's so important that, that our mind keep renewing, you know, through, through the things that happen in life. Okay, uh, that's how we are disciples, that's how we change. And then the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God to us. First Corinthians, Holy Spirit reveals the minds of God to us because we, we need God's mindset in order to enter into what He has for us. First Corinthians 2, 14. 14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? And then if we look up verse 12, we have not received the Spirit of the Word, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. And if you look further back in verse 10, God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Okay, so we really need the Holy Spirit to reveal, to speak to us uh, concerning the minds, the minds of God, the things of God. That's why it's so important that when God speaks, the Rima word came. You know, you know that this is what God is saying to you. You know, it's so important that we grasp hold of it. You know, we catch our word. Right? Continue to lay hold of that words until, you know, our minds are being renewed. So how do we do that? You know, this renewing process. We, we have the word of God. So what you do is you have to confess. It's by the power of displacement that your mindset is going to be changed. What do we mean by that? You know, you cannot attack your negative mindset and say, you know, I don't want to think this, this is no good, you know, to accuse myself that I'm good for nothing, you know, it's no good, I don't want to do that. You know, you, you, you can't change your mindset like that. The more you say you don't want to think, you know, that I'm no good and so on, you keep repeating the thing that you're thinking about. It. The only way is the displacement principle that means you have other things to replace your present mindset. So when you begin to confess the word of God, begin to speak out, you know, Paul says, we believe, that's why we speak. So if you believe this is what God has spoken to you, you believe and you speak. And when you continue to speak, continue to declare, continue to confess, you know, you, you can only have one thoughts at one time. So you see, you keep thinking about the Word of God. So sooner or later, these new thoughts is going to replace the old thought pattern. And that's how your mind is being renewed. Okay, uh, so we need to confess and keep on until you know our mind are being renewed and transformed, and then we're going to follow the the, 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 the direction of our mind. Personalize the words. You know, if God is speaking a general word, you use your name. Personalize God is saying to me. What what what? You know, you personalize personalize it. And uh, Paul in 1 Timothy 1.18, he's telling Timothy to use the, the word that God has spoken, the prophetic that word that God has spoken, to use as warfare, to fight the good fight so that he can fulfill what God has spoken. You know, perhaps let's read it. You know, some of you, you need to turn to that. 1 Timothy 1.18. 
Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecy once made about you, so that by following them you may fight the good fight, hold on to faith and a good conscience. Okay, so God has spoken a prophetic word. Paul is reminding Timothy and asking Timothy to keep on, keep the prophetic word. In other words, to use it to fight a good warfare. That's what he says here. So if you don't use that word that God has spoken to you and you have done nothing about it, nothing is going to change. Right? But as you use that word, confess that word, hey, it's a spiritual warfare. Something is happening. You know, it's a war against the old enemies, the old thoughts. You know, so you're fighting against it until that new thoughts replaces the old thoughts. The top pattern. Okay. Fullness comes as we break through in our faith in God. In our faith in God. Break through in our faith in God. Because the things that God asks us to do are far beyond what we can think or imagine. So unless our faith is being stretched and grow to that level, we are not going to be able to enter into that fullness that God has for us. Okay? So, uh, we've been talking about faith recently, so uh, I don't need to labor on that, but uh, perhaps we should close with this scripture in Ephesians 3 to see how God works in us so that we can have the faith to believe. Ephesians 3, verse 16. Verse 16, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know His love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, so in order for us to enter into the fullness of God, we need the Holy Spirit to strengthen our inner man. Inner man. So that our faith is strong from on the inside. Why? Because we need it to stand against the onslaught that comes from the outside. Right? The values of the world, whatever, the enemies, the, the fiery darts of the enemy, we need to, the inner man to be strong and, and, and have faith so that we can enter into fullness. And that fullness, you know, we can enter into it within the body of Christ. We cannot just be by ourselves and enter into God's fullness. Because it talks about here, you know, uh, that you may, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So, it's important that we are in the body of Christ. We are related with the other, our, our, our brothers and sisters. 
You know, you cannot say, well, you know, I, I just seek God, you know, I'm, I'm so spiritual, you know, uh, I enter in the fullness of God. You will never be able to enter in the fullness of God on your own. The Bible says, as you relate within the body of Christ, you begin to experience, you know, the, the high and depth, the width, you know, and length of God's love. You will never receive all the experiences on yourself, on your own. But you will hear testimony. Someone else have a different experience from yours. And you begin to really appreciate God. You know, it's just like uh, we have the Malay meeting recently. I told you about the rain thing. It's not our meeting. It's not Chinese meeting. But God was so good to the Malay speaking folks that it didn't rain over this area and it's downpour rain. When I went to fetch my daughter, uh, no, my son, uh, after tuition at uh, 9.15, he finished tuition. And I saw the, the, the ground was wet. I knew there was downpour of, of, of rain. And yet, over this side, we didn't, we didn't have rain. And they were sitting outside because, you know, they were 2005 or even more, I don't know. You know, they were looking at a giant screen. So in my heart, I just, I just give thanks to God, you know, as I drive. You know, I just thank God that you, I can see your love. I can see your compassion. I can see that you're so good to those who are weak. You know, men may despise them. Can you imagine at 8 o'clock, our neighbor, one of our neighbor come and complain, it's too loud. But thank God we have a brother who know, who has the wisdom of God. He say, you know, it's only 8 o'clock. If you complain at 11 o'clock, I understand. Even then you report to police, we can still carry on till 1 o'clock. That guy just go back to his house. But God is so kind. God is so good to the weak. And so I, I really thank God. So as I drove back, and I told my son, uh, I say, you know, let's go. Let's go. Let's go there. And let's, you know, you, you look at the meeting. You know, the, the people are just, it's just filled with people and they're just so hungry. You know, they may have a lot of faults and have a lot of weakness, but, but I, I, I appreciate God because of what God has done for them. You know, I don't know if it's a Chinese meeting, whether it will rain. I guess we'll be all inside, not many Chinese sitting outside. You know, you see, so, so you see, it's together with the saints. You're going to understand, you're going to know the fullness of God. Okay, so if you see people who are who are you know so aloof and, and, and don't want to be involved and so on, well, you know how spiritual they are. No matter how much they claim they, they you know they are walking with God, you know because the scripture is right, right. So we need to be related, interrelated, and then we will experience the fullness that God has for us. Okay, so that's it. We've come to the end of our lesson. How we should live on this earth, this, this, this last lesson. We talk about being servant. We talk about we live on this earth in order to enter into the fullness that God has for us. We need to continue to grow our lives you know, in God, in every area, in wisdom, in, in, in relationship with people, in relationship with God, in knowledge. You know, we, just, we just keep growing and keep growing so that we can enter in our faith, so that we can enter into the fullness that God has for us. It's only when we reveal His fullness that men are going to see 
Jesus in us and through us. Okay, and then they're going to believe. Amen. So the Lord bless you. I trust uh, it's been profitable time uh, listening to this series of teaching. And I hope that you have received some revelation, some new revelation about yourself and able to lay hold of the word of God and run with it and uh, so that you can, your life be transformed into the image of Christ. Amen.